Welcome to Inside Motorsport. Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel. And while we've had another experience at Villa Island, we're getting ready for the kickoff for the 2022 Australian Rally Championship. And Craig and myself thought that while it's a very different year because there is going to be someone joining the series who isn't known as a, a dirt racer, um, we'd get somebody who knows far more about it. That being John Thompson, welcome back to Inside Motorsport, John. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Craig. It's a fascinating thing, uh, the rally championship. The discipline of it is so much different. Let's just hark back into it, because you have a pretty long history in this book. Can you tell us about where you started with rallying? What drew you to it? Well, um, I started rallying in 1978. It just seems like yesterday, really. I, I'd always had a bit of an affection for it. In fact, a big affection for it. My father took me as an eight-year-old or just turned nine to the finish of the London Sydney Marathon at Warwick Farm Racecourse in 1968. And I was just absolutely captivated by the image of these cars that had driven across the world. And I, I always thought that that was the sort of adventure motorsport that I really enjoyed. And I happened to be working at the old Trans-Australia Airways, TAA, in 1978. And one of the aircraft electrical engineers, uh, a couple of them were involved in rallying. And one of them um, said, you want to come along? So I did a control. And then a couple of months later, I got my then CAMS license and and uh, navigated or co-drove for them uh, in various mapping events and just continued on from there. And, uh, you know, I've run at various levels. I've run with Jim Middleton in the Australian Rally Championship. We, we The best I got was a fourth in 1985. Um, but, you know, continued on. Took a bit of a break while my kids were growing up, but always involved in rallying in some way, shape or form, photographing it, reporting on it. And uh, now I happen to, for my sins, to be the chairman of the Australian Rally Commission. Lo and behold, I did not know such uh, royalty was amongst us. Craig, we've got to snap to attention, you know. Um, I, do, I, I do know, if you don't have in your garage now, you certainly have had things like that since 1600. Indeed, I've still got a... Um, occasionally compete, don't you? Yes, yes, I've still got a Datsun 1600 that's... Um, you know, spec up for classic rallying and, you know, done out in the, the original colour scheme of the, the original Datsun rally team in the, which they ran in the Australian, the uh, African safaris and, and various events like that where they, they made their name. And I still co-drive. In fact, I'm co-driving in the Australian Rally Championship this year for a, with a mate from Canberra, Trevor Stilling, in a classic Datsun stanza and a couple of old blokes are going to try and see if we can win the classic category, a classic cup in the Australian Rally Championship this year. John, you have been a, a long-time associate and member of the North Shore Sporting Car Club, and one of the other strings to your bow is uh, the race director role for, well, the Oberon Rally, isn't it? That's correct, yeah, round of the New South Wales Rally Championship and the East Coast Classic Rally, so we're running that on the 23rd of April in the beautiful hills around Oberon, uh, the forests. Um, and also involved pretty heavily in North Shore's Thursday night summer tarmac rally sprints that we run once a month over summer at the, the Sydney Dragway, which, you know, was a different bit of innovation that we brought to the East Coast uh, from, from an idea that was floated in WA. I can honestly say about two weeks ago you would have been doing power boats on that car park because... There was a lot of rain in that area. How is the rain going to affect particularly the Oberon stages? Um, look, I don't think it'll be too bad. Um, they've had a, quite a bit of rain up there, but not anywhere near what we had this side of the Great Divide in Sydney. Um, you know, I'm 
I'm pretty confident we've got some good roads. In fact, the road director and I are going up to to have a little look uh, early next week. Now, the Australian Rally Championship has, over the last 20 years, it's had its ups and downs, but it seems like with Motorsport Australia's full effort behind it, RSEA safety coming on board as a major partner and then each of the other rounds each of the seven rounds having good you know corporate support the rally championship is gaining momentum notwithstanding that a fellow by the name of Shane Van Gisbergen is jumping into a Skoda to also participate at the National Capital Rally and I'm sure you're hoping more events throughout the year well the big yeah absolutely Craig couldn't agree more and, you know, quite frankly, as I said to someone at the uh, media launch and, and test day in Canberra um, last week, the presence of Shane Van Gisbergen is going to mean more to the Australian Rally Championship than anything else in the last 20 years. It's going to be a very important um, way to shine some light on the Australian Rally Championship and, and give it attention in the media and amongst the general populace. Um, you know, he, he proved very quick at Cowan Forest uh, last week in the Skoda. He has done some rallying before in uh, his native New Zealand. He won the um, the Jacks Ridge rally sprint there back in 20, whenever it was, 2020. Um, and, uh, you know, he is very capable on the dirt. His dad was a very, and still is a very accomplished rally driver in New Zealand. So um, it's going to be a massive, massive boost to the championship. As well as that, we've got, this real um, fleet of interesting cars to uh, bolster the championship alongside the Toyotas of the Bates brothers, the, the Toyota Gazoo Racing um, Yarises. Um, we've got a couple of other Yarises that the previous cars that they've sold to privateers, including uh, Richie Dalton, the mad Irishman, um, and uh, Peter Demick in Canberra. Plus, we've got um, two. Fiesta R5 cars, R5 being what is now known as Rally 2 in the World Rally Championship, the next level down below World Rally cars, but very similar spec and just slightly less performance. One for uh, tech millionaire Luke Anir, um, who has been rallying for the last two or three years and is getting quicker and quicker all the time. And another car for a New South Wales competitor who has been a front runner in the New South Wales Championship but he's stepping up to the ARC, and that's Tom Clark. He's a Sydney builder, so he must have plenty of money. John, one of the things that uh, I find fascinating about uh, this rallying as such is the um, diversity of cars. We, you see more brands there than in most other circuit racing nowadays. Mm. Some years ago, I visited Rob Benson, who at that time was a senior engine builder with Hyundai based in Alzenau outside Frankfurt building Hyundai rally engines. He showed me them. He told me that outside Formula One, these are the most developed engines in the world of motorsport. Yep. Um, we don't run to that sort of level because obviously the cost of those things. What Tell us about the cars that run in this year's Australian Rally Championship. Well, you say we don't run that level. And look, this year the World Rally Championship has obviously changed because it's now a hybrid formula. So there's a degree, uh, an extra degree of complexity there in the, the top-level world rally cars. But in terms of the R5 cars, so there's three categories of rally cars that, that run at the top level in the Australian Rally Championship. R5, which are the homologated next-level down world rally cars, if you like, Ford Fiestas, 
There is a Hyundai R5 here in Australia, which is up for sale. Uh, the Tasmanian Walkham family owned that, and Hayden Patton ran it here in the Ballarat Rally in 2019. Um, so there's those two R, or three R5 cars, and possibly a couple more on the horizon as well. Uh, sorry, Shane Van Gisberg and Skoda, of course, is, is an R5 spec car. So they're homologated machines, homologated on the world stage. We also have AP4 cars, which is Asia-Pacific Rally 4 cars, and that's the same as the Yaris's. They're, they're homologated locally, and they use engines that actually come from Toyota Gazoo Racing in Finland. So, um, you know, the power plants are, are very similar um, and um, on, a, on a very similar spec. The AP4 cars were homologated or created as a, as a branch of the, the World Rally cars um, to make it possible for local teams to potentially do their own machines locally. Um, as well as that, we're allowing what's called G4, um, which are like a prototype car. They're along the same line spirit as the AP4 and, and R5 cars, um, and they can run um, a different powertrain. In other words, there are a couple of cars that will be running this year, a Hyundai i20 for former Australian Rally champion Nathan Quinn, and that will be running as a Hyundai i4, uh, i20, but with a Mitsubishi Evo powertrain. There will also be a Ford Fiesta for young up-and-comer from Victorian Aaron Windus. He's running a Ford Fiesta with a Subaru powertrain, Subaru uh, WRX powertrain. So it just means it's a it's in the spirit of the whole thing. There'll be some parity placements to, to make sure that everyone's on a reasonably even footing and those cars will be cheaper for them to, to actually put together. But it also gives a new face to rallying. A lot of people, the majority of people have been running Subarus and, and Evo Lancers because they're really the only four-wheel drive turbos um, that have been homologated in recent times. But you've got to remember the last, Evo Lancer to be built was the Evo 10, which was 11 years, 12 years ago. And of course, Subarus have grown to be a, a rather large car and not quite as competitive. You can make them competitive, but they, they cost quite a bit of money. So there are those three strands of the top level cars, all of them with very uh, significant performance. Not quite on the level of world rally cars, but not too far behind either. One of the things that was developed, I think, exclusively in Australia, but it, it certainly was something that was done here, was in Western Australia. I, I seem to remember, I didn't watch all of it, but certainly some of it. It was very exciting because it was um, two cars on the track at the same time. They never raced bumper to bumper as such, but they were timed against each other. Is that a format still within Australian Rally Championship? There probably won't be. It's quite expensive to build a course like that with a with a two track course, if you like, and a crossover and, and such. Um, there, there's a potential for it being in Canberra. Um, they do have a, a rally park up in the Cohen Forest with a with a flyover and such. But generally, it's it's a fairly expensive exercise for the Australian Rally Championship. It's still very much a part of the World Rally Championship, not at every round. But as you say, it was actually it was invented in Perth, and it was it was the brainchild of Gary Connolly, the former um, clerk, of course, for the Australian Rally um, Rally Australia, I should say, and of course, uh, still Australia's delegate to the World Motorsport Council. Yeah, 
a regular steward as a, uh, at Formula One events. Uh, yeah, I, I seem to remember that. I thought it was innovated there, and uh, it certainly was a wonderful spectacle because that's one of the things, of course, now rallying still is a COVID-friendly, if you can call it that, in that the events don't require people all sit jammed up in a grandstand. You go out to where the cars are uh, uh, performing, and you can see them stand on the side of the road, and you can see the rallying happening in front of you. Pretty much, yes, that, that's the case. And, of course, the other thing is today we've got such great television technology, and I don't know if anyone's been tuning into the first couple of rounds of this year's World Rally Championship, um, both in Monte Carlo and the last round in Sweden, and the coverage was absolutely spectacular. And I know for a fact that Motorsport Australia's media team, headed by Paul Reardon, is really redoubling their efforts because not only has RSEA come on board as a sponsor of this year's Australian Rally Championship, we've got other uh, sponsors, including Red Bull, obviously part of the, the whole Van Gisbergen circus, but, um, uh, but also Mobile and so forth. And so that's allowed them to put more money into the coverage. And um, I think they're about to announce a free-to-air a broadcaster for the Australian Rally Championship this year and there'll be some pretty impressive stuff online. So, um, you know, you don't have to get out, go out to the forest and get get your, yourself covered in dust or mud, um, which is still fun and I enjoy doing that, but uh, it's, difficult, it's a difficult sell for a lot of people these days. Um, and But it is a... I, I think one of the things we've got to be really careful of in in evolving the sport, and I think it is important to evolve any form of motorsport, um, we've got to be really careful we don't extract all the adventure aspect out of rallying and leave it a very sterile, you know, um, uh, twice around each stage uh, in a, in a you know, cloverleaf of stages uh, and then back to a service park. Um, we've still got to have a bit of, a bit of uh, uh, non-conformity, if you like. Now, let's get to the subject matter because... There is a reason that we're talking and because, you know, I've spent 25 years or more um, covering the supercars and V8s before them. The reality is Shane Van Gisbergen, as you talked about, is bringing excitement to the categories. It's it's the rallying in Australia. Shane's background is fascinating and I, for a long time, have been friends with both Shane and Jim Richards and they run parallel sort of lives because they both jumped into anything when they they got the opportunity, any sort of car to compete. Fascinatingly, both of them, when you say to them, Oh, you love racing in the rain. And they go, no. Oh, but you're very good at it. Well, that doesn't mean I love doing it. Oh, okay. Well, you're very good at it then. Yeah. Because both of them didn't start like most of the Australian racing drivers in Australia on fishermen on slick tyres. They both started running around in dirt and gravel. You know, in in Shane's case, in quad bikes um, and speedway. In Jim's case, rallying. And it's interesting because both of them would be renowned as men with great car control. Yep. These are obviously the, the traits that somebody in rallying needs, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You've got to know the level of grip. And when it does let go, you've got to be able to, to you know, judge the, sort of the ability to catch it. And you know, it's that reading of the, of the conditions of the road that sets a good rally driver or a great rally driver apart from a good rally driver. Look, you know, the reality is that Supercar drivers have have you know the ability to really be able to um, to drive a car at speed, whether it's on a dry tarmac or whatever. They've got that 
innate talent to drive fast. Just some of them have the ability to then translate that to really slippery conditions. And, you know, I think if you grow up in New Zealand, where it rains a lot, and I remember my first trip to New Zealand about um, 39 years ago to Rally of New Zealand, I couldn't believe the the poor quality of the tyres on the cars and also the slippery roads with this constant drizzle of rain in winter. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're used to, exposed to that, I mean, it's like some of our guys that go into MotoGP, you know, a lot of them have actually started out on dirt bikes. They've got that ability to, to control a slide on a bike and that helps them. And it's the same with rally cars. It's what they're used to. And it's that building, that um, building upon their innate talent, I think, that, that helps them uh, cope with that. And there's Australian guys that can do that too. And clearly, you, you know, you mentioned Colin Bond and people like that in the past, um, who, George Fury, who had the ability to, to drive on tarmac. I do remember running in a rally of Canberra years ago where there were, there were quite a few tarmac stages thrown in. And I remember some of the Canberra rally guys saying, oh, so I really don't like the tarmac. It's just, I'm not used to it. I like flipping and sliding on the gravel. I said, the tarmac's the easy bit. That's where the grip is. But, you know, you know the reality is with rallying, the fast way these days in these four-wheel drive turbo cars is pretty similar to driving a supercar on, on tarmac. You know, you've got to actually take the lines. You've got to apex corners. Um, and you've got to be as straight as possible given the conditions. So, you know, I, I don't see Shane Van Gisbergen having any issues. And certainly in the test times that he displayed at uh, Canberra last week, he was as fast, if not occasionally faster than two Bates brothers over the same stage. Now, admittedly, you know, he ran it probably 20 or 25 times. It was a five-kilometre stage. Uh, so it's going to be a bit different when he goes out into the longer stages in the Brindabellas uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But I hope that he does well because we need him in there for the whole championship, not just one or two rounds. Uh, I know, I think the program is a little bit based on whether he does well in the first couple of rounds. I know he can't do a couple because of clashes with supercars, but we need him there for the whole lot. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was under the impression that was going to happen once Shane got signed up, that a few of the dates were going to change. And as we know, there's plenty of time between now and some of the other events to make that change if it makes a significant difference to attendance and television ratings, etc. But we should look at 2022. The National Capital Rally, the needed National Capital Rally, out at Cowan and the service park is at the Sutton Forest Driver Training Complex on the 1st to the 3rd of April. Saturday and Sunday are the viewing days, the 2nd and 3rd. Then you head over to the West for the round two in May, the 20th and 22nd, to the Forest Rally. Rally Launceston down in Tasmania, Rally Queens in June, Rally Queensland in July, Gippsland Rally in Victoria is in August, Adelaide Hills Rally in October, and then you wrap it all up on the Coffs Coast, and everyone loves getting onto the roads, which of course have held and and seen the likes of uh, the Sebastians and all the greats of world rallying uh, burning along around there. Indeed. No, um, it's looking like a really good championship. There's some really great events there, some great roads. I'm looking forward to Canberra particularly. It's not just all in, in Cowan or Cohen. Um, it's it's also um, uh, five of the stages on Saturday are out in the Brindabillas around um, 
the classic stages there. So looking forward to that. I don't think uh, they're opening before. them to the spectators, John. No, they won't be opening no. to the spectators. It's, it's all a, a cow for ringside, spectators. I've got a ringside seat in the, the car. I'll be watching from inside the passenger seat. Yeah, but everyone loves Pipeline, but unfortunately the logistics just don't line up. Well, that's um, part of the risk profile these days, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Unfortunate, but it also then focuses the efforts and what you need to do in the commission is focus the efforts of getting the people in and then making them want to come back and become active participants in the sport, which is why these events are so important to the clubs and the the regions that they're hosted. Uh, Yeah, look, I agree. Um, But look, you know, as I point out to people, it's always actually going to be easier to get people to watch it on television. And, you know, that is a really good breeder of interest in a sport. If that triggers then the interest to go out and watch the cars in the forest, well, that's great. Um, But I think, um, you know, it's the whole package, really. It's the whole lot. John, thank you so much for giving us your insight into the Australian Rally Championship. And I hope that we can check in with you during the year as the events unfold, because I'm sure that uh, interest levels will build. And and it's certainly great to see the opportunity with somebody like uh, Van Gisbergen bringing renewed interest to a, a part of the motorsport world that has for too long languished because of a lack of interest on some parts. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I'd love to uh, join you guys to, to talk about it more during the year because I think it really is going to be a great year. Not just, I mean, I think, uh, can't underestimate the Shane Van Gisbergen factor, but, you know, I mean, we've got uh, a really great talent in Harry Bates, who I think could, you know, do well overseas in the longer term. He's still quite young. Um, you know, his brother Lewis is also, you know, getting getting quicker and quicker all the time and some great talent below them. I think Aaron Windus is going to be a great talent. Um, and as I said uh, at the at the launch last week, in my role as chairman of our, the Australian Rally Commission, um, we don't want this to be another boom and bust cycle. We've had a lot of those in rallying over the years. We want this to be a sustainable situation. Um, and I was talking to Michael Smith from Motorsport Australia this morning about exactly that. Um, you know, part of our plan is to try and get more people interested in doing things like auto tests and, and carnet crosses to then um, get you know learn that car control and then get into things like rally sprints and to have a pathway up. But also our aim is to try and get some Australians into the World Rally Championship again because that's a great way of shining light back down on the on the sport in general. So they're all part of our part of our strategies to, to try and make this whole Australian Rally Championship a successful and sustainable championship for many years to come. Well, thank you, John Thompson. Look forward to watching and seeing the results as the years go on. And we hope that both yourself and uh, the competitors all have a, a great year in the Australian Rally Championship. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.